Welcome to A Moment of Bach, bonus episode. On this podcast, we take apart some key moments that we love of Bach's work, just a minute's worth or even a few seconds, and we explain why we think they are remarkable. And this week, we have a special opportunity to share something with you. We've received permission from Bach Stiftung, the J.S. Bach Foundation, who are located in Switzerland, to share a recording from the final chorus of a cantata, which we have already explored on this podcast. But that gives us now an interesting opportunity for some comparison and to look at something in a different way. Alex, we described in our show notes for our episode that we did on this cantata, BWV 61, Nun komm der Heiden Heiland. We described the closing chorale in our podcast episode as a 45-second masterpiece. Yeah. That episode, by the way, listener, that we did, which you can listen to, which I would encourage you to listen to before listening to this bonus episode, was episode three of this season. So a few months ago. Yeah. And we wrote this in the show notes. A 45-second masterpiece, the ecstatic joy bursts forth from this hurried chorale, begging Jesus, the crown of joy, to return. Amen, amen. The urgency becomes part of the musical structure. Bach doesn't even have time for the whole hymn stanza as he sets the mystical text from only the last bit of the last stanza of Philip Nikolai's hymn, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. A brilliant high note and descent of the last phrase reminds us of joy to the world in the soprano. And yet, while the first advent is shown in the descending notes, the violins do not tarry long as they carry us up and up to an unusually high G. So Alex, I was particularly struck by the recording that you can find easily on YouTube that the Bach Stiftung has produced on this cantata. And mostly, it was because of the speed. And on first glance, we noticed that this was a very quick tempo. Of course, there was much more to explore besides just the speed. But the hurried and almost pleadingly desperate ecstatic nature is shown forth in this recording. In comparison with other recordings of this cantata that you can find online, this one is the fastest one, I think. Yeah. Alex, you just measured the tempo at? Yeah, 116 or so beats per minute. Oh. Might be as fast as 120. Makes the 16th notes really fast. Yeah. Musicians that know about tempo markings, like, it's pretty tough to play in 120 beats per minute if there's something that has a bunch of fast 16th notes. They just fly right by at that tempo. And those are the violin notes that we hear in this recording. I think both of these recordings are are amazing. Both you know? the this one and then the Netherlands Box Society. That's the other one that we're looking at. Right, the one that we that we've looked at in the past. Yes, and that one 
the tempo is more like 88 or so beats That's per minute. That's so different. Yeah, 88 versus these aren't, 120. These aren't even close. Yeah. Alex, when, which you sang in this, but when, when I conducted this cantata in December, I didn't really think about what I was going for with a reference recording in terms of the tempo, but I did do something in between. Yeah. It was faster than the uh, Netherlands recording. I think there's some clarity in this in the slower. It still works, but let's talk about this Bach Stiftung recording. So it seems pretty clear to me that the director, Rudolf Lutz, has chosen a speed here which evokes the hurried nature of this text, which is basically, come Lord Jesus back as quickly as possible. We don't even hear the whole hymn stanza. That's how hurried the musical setting is. When you perform Bach, it's helpful to get yourself in the mindset of Bach as best as you can. One thing we know about Bach is the text was always forefront with him. So if that's the case, then you should choose tempos that reflect the text. Because that's the one thing Bach didn't have control over is how fast people were going to play his stuff. He could write adagio or allegro, but there's a lot of leeway in those terms. Well, unless he was physically himself there to Oh, right. To do for it. sure. No, yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, actually, that's a... An excellent point because for a lot of these cantatas, he might not have ever really thought anybody would bother to play them in the future. Although he did compile certain, certain, obviously certain works of his own that he thought were really spectacular. But something like this, I, I, uh, yeah, I wonder what Bach would have thought of this super fast tempo or of the slower Netherlands Bach Society tempo. I, again, I think they're both amazing performances in their own way. I, I think that Bach would have loved the fast. Because my evidence for that is that the mere fact that Bach allowed this libretto to be the one that he used, where the hymn was basically augmented and edited in a way that probably would have made some people mad by cutting off the first half of the last stanza of O Morning Star. Because he was willing to do that, it follows that he would be willing to go even further in an interpretation musically. And so I think I think it works. And plus at this speed, that, that last line just kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. The descending soprano line? Yeah. That do not tarry, we wait for you with longing. So this is another thing that we'll include in our episode description for this bonus episode. There is also a companion video, which is a workshop on the cantata. There are English subtitles that the conductor Rudolf Lutz and theologian Karl Graf gave this workshop, which is basically a lecture, and it's really enlightening. The whole thing goes through the whole cantata, and sometimes Maestro Lutz is over on the piano giving examples while the pastor Karl Graf is describing Bach's text setting from the religious perspective. Christian, what are some other interesting tempo choices that you would like to see from or in cantatas or other Bach works, especially like, especially well-known works. 
I mean, the Netherlands Box Society recording of Herz und Mund und Tat und Leben, the, I think that the famous Jesu Joy of Men's Desiring chorales are kind of fast in those, which is an interesting and cool choice. So that's one that I can think of that they do already, but I don't know, I, I just think that these kind of these kind of tempo choices can make us see pieces that we love in a new light. Hmm, that's a good question. Not from, like, top Bach ensembles, but I just think in general performances of Bach, chorales are often too slow. Hmm. It's sometimes forgotten that's more important than making it sound like a church hymn, is that it needs to convey its text, and sometimes that text might call for a very slow performance, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the text might call for last notes of a phrase to be lingered upon and other times not. When we get to the highest level of Bach foundations and societies, they, they already know all this stuff. But I think in a, in a general, more semi-amateur sense, that's, that's a problem I encounter a lot. Yeah, and also just like the ends of phrases, you know, people have a general idea of how to do a retardando at the end of a phrase, but there's so many opportunities and options for what you can do with the ends of phrases and the levels at which and the the rates at which you can speed speed up or slow down and they you know how in baroque music a lot of times there'll be a little break before the final note but sometimes you'll want to wait a little bit longer on that little break and there's just just like articulation dynamics and all that stuff there are so many choices you could make with tempos especially at the transitional moments or ending moments of pieces in the baroque style and i just i just love to see when groups take chances on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And speaking of slowing down to the end, in this chorale, if you slow down while the violins are still going, you have slowed down too early. And so we see here in this performance that that entire flurry of violin notes that ascends up to that really high G, at least for Baroque violins, it's a pretty high note. That doesn't slow down. Any small slowing that does occur in those last couple of 16th and 32nd notes that occur right as the tenors and altos settle into a final harmony, that's pretty momentary. And again, tarry not long, like wait no longer, Jesus, come back quickly. It's all it's all in service of the text. Mm-hmm. That's why the, a Bach foundation, like the J.S. Bach foundation, the Bach Stiftung that we see here, that's the level that they have to work at. They have to know everything, forward and backward, the theology, the music, the whole thing. Otherwise, we can't get an accurate performance of of this. And now, let's hear that Bach Stiftung performance of the chorale one more time. <laughs> In our episode description for this bonus episode, we'll link to you this performance by Bach Stiftung, the J.S. Bach Foundation. A really interesting thing about the concept in which they perform their concerts is that they will have the theologian and the conductor, Rudolf Lutz, come out and give an introductory lecture. Then there'll be a break. And then each evening, Alex, each cantata concert for them is just one cantata, which then you might think to yourself, 
aren't cantatas 15 to 30 minutes long? Is that enough for a concert? But here's what they do. One cantata only is performed in each concert, but played twice because it's performed once first, and then between the performances, a notable speaker is reflecting on the cantata's libretto from a modern and personal standpoint. And that way you get a unique reflection. And then the audience gets to hear the cantata a second time with fresh ears, knowing more information. I think this is a really interesting way to program a Bach cantata concert. They also schedule them so that they occur during the period of the church year that they would have occurred when Bach programmed them himself. Nice. And they are doing all the cantatas, by the way. They are in the process of performing the complete vocal works. And this is a process that will take them about 25 years. If you enjoyed this recording, please check out the rest of their cantata from BWV61, which we can find on YouTube and in our show notes. There are quite a number of other cantatas performed by this ensemble that are also freely available online. Until next time... Enjoy those moments.